Hello and good evening or good morning or good afternoon. Welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. I am your host, Chris. And uh, tonight we've got goals, goals, goals to get through. So plenty to discuss. Uh, so I should waste no time and introduce my uh, my cohorts this evening. I have got Phil and I've got Jess. Good evening to you both. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to you both. Uh, no sign of Rich. I, I, I have suspicion that he may have been called up uh, to, Rouse, uh, to Ren's um, uh, 18, 18 man squad, potentially. That's where he is. We'll uh, no confirm reports here, but we will send out a search party. But no, in all seriousness, Rich will be back, I'm sure, very soon. So um, we're going to talk about, uh, as we said at the off, goals, goals, goals uh, at the weekend. And then we're going to have a little look at the European game, one in particular which was played last night uh, at the time of recording. So uh, let's have a quick look back at the weekend's results. I shall leave out a couple, which we'll come on to in a moment. So on Friday night, saw Lille get off to the win with a 1-0 victory over Brest. Uh, Victor Ossiman, who else? Getting the goal uh, to win that game for the home side. Not such great news for them in the Champions League last night, but uh, I think you know, we knew they were out of Europe anyway, so certainly didn't disgrace themselves in a 2-1 defeat away at Chelsea. Uh, elsewhere that evening, Nîmes uh, suffered a 4-0 defeat to uh, seemingly inspired Lyon at the start of a big week for them. More on that later. Uh, Memphis Depay having a lovely evening, uh, scoring a couple there, penalty, and an outfield goal as well as Samoa and the big sweet Anderson with the fourth. Uh, Pagius was sent off uh, for two bookables, and Wells was sent off within five minutes, which didn't help Neem's, uh, Neem's sort of cause, uh, ending with nine men and going down four goals to nil. On the uh, Saturday, my prediction was coming true, and then it all went a little bit wonky. Uh, Leandro Paredes put through his own net for Montpellier to take the lead over PSG, and all was looking swimming until Pedro Mendes received his second bookable offence and was dismissed. And then uh, three goals in seven minutes from Neymar, Mbappe and Icardi, with one of Europe's most uh, most threatening forward threes at the moment, securing a 3-1 victory from behind. Unfortunately, there for you, Phil, but um, an entertaining affair nevertheless. But I do think that red card had quite a big say in, in that uh, result going that particular way. Uh-huh. Um, we also saw uh, Nice, uh, unfortunately, uh, trounce Mets. We will be talking a little bit more about Nice in a minute. Um, so you're lucky, Jez, we're going to skip past this one. Uh, Mets, just to be said, unfortunately, losing 4-1. I didn't think it was a 4-1 game, personally. But two goals for William Cyprian, Ganago and Lisa Melo with the goals. Nian with one back for the away side. Uh, Rich's Ren continued their good upwardly uh, upward trend by Niang with a double for uh, Louis got it, getting on back for Angers, who is still having a good season, and we shouldn't uh, shouldn't forget that a two-one win for the home side there. We will come back to Strasbourg to lose in a moment. Uh, Monaco much needed win for them, three 0 against Armier. We said Benyeda, uh, Maripan, and Keita Balde with the three goals there for the home side again in seven minutes. Yes, yeah, 69 I Quick think Reggie Skirtner is going to be furious with somebody right now. As, as should the whole defence for conceding that many in that amount of time, goodness me. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of conceding three, that's what St Etienne did on Sunday. Uh, they conceded three to Ras, who we will speak about in a moment as well. Udan, Dia and Dumbia with the goals there. Roman and Mumat with one back for the away side. And uh, finally, not one Dijon nil. A little bit blast with the winning goal, 73 minutes for not. Good result for them. 
uh, which just leaves one result, which we're going to sort of start with the focus on, um, and that is Marseille. Um, not only winning, or I believe it's a sixth straight win in Liga, scoring for three goals as well. Um, I think I'm right in saying it's Radonjic's uh, third goal in three games, which I don't think I've ever said. Think I'd ever say. Um, even Jordan Amavi scored. That wasn't the highlight goal though. Yassin Adli's opener for Bordeaux was a thing of beauty. Uh, but, that goal. but then Sonson's um, yes. Sonson's goal to put them ahead on 60 minutes was similarly lovely. Under bastard, known in the trade. Um, let's start with you then, Phil, on this one. Marseille, again, we seem to sort of focus on them a fair bit each week, but I did think it was only fair that we did give them some love because they did come from behind in this game in a largely forgettable first half in which sort of Bordeaux took advantage of the one, couldn't even call it a chance really, but took the lead. And then Marseille just really found a new gear second half. They looked inspired and they're, they're playing on the crest of a wave of confidence at the moment and uh, second place. Yes, definitely. As you say, six wins in a row and they just look happy, which is, you know, great. And something I think that their fans will have been missing for some time. Because, as you said with Bordeaux, that Adley opener was a rocket. But if you look at the XG, um, it was 0.14 for Bordeaux over the full game. And that's the third lowest all season. And they also have the second lowest all season. So... They weren't trying very hard, perhaps, to to get forward. But, yeah, you've got a, a nice goal from Amavi, a rocket from Sanson. And then I don't know whether Rajonik has actually been uh, credited with the um, third goal or whether that was uh, deemed an own goal because it kind of smacked off... Um, uh, the goalkeeper into a defender and then went in. Yeah, but, I um, think it's his goal. I think they've given it to him. Yeah. I think it was on time. I think so. he made it. So mm. whatever the score sheet says, I I'd say that's definitely for him. So now we've got the situation where yeah, they're five points off PSG who have a game in hand, but they're six points above Lille, mm. and they're on a wonderful run of form. So, you know, you've got to be looking at this and going, in a sense, ignore PSG. Who else is there in the rest of the table? And they are doing really, really well. Yes, yeah, doing bits in the trade, as they say. Um, Jez, I know Marseille is a club close to your heart. Um, but um, what, what do you what do you put this down to? I mean, is it is it purely down to the the sort of the the, the coaching method of Andre Villas Boas? Is is it just a case of that certain things are clicking? We've picked up on the fact that it's a, a Euros year, so uh, Dimitri is um, is pulling up some trees a little bit. But I, I put it down to that they're sort of, they look a little bit more defensively secure to me. Um, and dare I say it, they do look a threat going forward all of a sudden now, particularly. In the in the velodrome, what what is your sort of overall assessment of of this Marseille side at the moment? I think you've got to you've got to put a lot of it down to Villas Boas. Um, I think we, we mentioned last week how there's um, sort of three or four coaches who I think are, are really sort of turning their or helping 
the teams they're coaching, which aren't necessarily um, the best units on paper to kind of surpass themselves. And I think it's probably fair to say that that's the case for Marseille. Um, I mean, the, the, the run they've had, it started with really good wins against Lille and Lyon. So I'll give them credit for that. It hasn't been the most difficult run since then, but they're still... You know, it's still a, a really good effort to put six wins together. And in the last two, I think it's probably fair to say that um, they've cut loose as well. It's not even, although mm. they haven't scored a hatful, they, they've been creating ahead of a lot of chances. Um, they're, they're, I think their conversion rate in terms of just shots on target isn't fantastic, but at least they're, they're showing lots of attacking intent. And I think you've got to, you know, Phil Asboas, I think in England probably got a lot of stick because he had a obviously tough job at Chelsea, didn't do anything at Spurs. And since then kind of because of his managerial choices and even his extracurricular choices, like going doing the Dakar rally and things like that, I think people haven't taken him too seriously. But that there obviously is a good manager there, and and I think he's very much showing it. But um, at the same time, it, it's it's not just. I think he's got them playing as a team. He's got them, you know, yeah. pressing yeah. well, which they never looked interested in doing before. But at the same time, you, I think um, we've given a lot of stick to to like Zubi Zaretta and and the transfer policy in the past. They haven't obviously they haven't signed many because they didn't have the money to. But um, in Rangier is it's a hardly hardly a surprise that that he's a really great signing and he was brilliant at Nantes as well. But I think he's made a huge difference in that midfield. Um, certainly, when you compare him to, you know, he's, he's so much more mobile, obviously, than Strutman, but even more than than Luis Gustavo in the last season as well. And then Benedetto didn't play at the weekend, but or didn't start at the weekend, but. He's been a really good signing. That was the one that I was really unsure about because to me, he just mm. seemed exactly the same profile as Germain. But he certainly added some, some real cutting edge up front. Yeah, 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 I agree. I think they, they just look kind of happier, less stressed. I don't know whether that's AVB coming in or not, but everybody seems to just be... There seems to be much less drama... Mm. And you know maybe that is making a difference because yes, as you say, Pyatt was great on Sunday night. Um, active, creative, dangerous, which he isn't always, but it's been much more noticeable this season. And yeah, everybody seems to be getting on well which is, you know, a nice change, I think, in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is quite refreshing, I think. Um, and if nothing else, I, I wouldn't call it a title race, but at least it's sort of keeping the league interesting and, and keeping everyone on their toes. Uh, at the weekend, um, it is Mets Marseille, so I'm sure you're delighted that the form has kicked in now, Jazz. But <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Um, just uh, just going back to you again, just for a second on Bordeaux as well, because I, I do want to sort of touch on them. It's been a little bit of talk about Paolo Souza's future um, in terms of uh, sort of being linked with, with the Arsenal job, potentially with the Everton job. A little bit of discussion about his release clause. He, he has turned that Bordeaux side round, hasn't he? I mean, it, it'd be fair to say that not everyone was sure about that appointment, but he, he, he definitely has created something. And 
was it not for Bordeaux insisting on playing out from the back? Maybe they might have got something more from this game. But word for his his improvements that he's made to this this Bordeaux side. Yeah, he's, he his managerial career in the past has not exactly hit the heights. I mean, he's he's won trophies, but in I think Israel, Hungary, and Switzerland. So I think it's probably fair to put some kind of caveat on that and he seems to move sort of every year or two so he hasn't really kind of laid down roots anywhere so it wasn't necessarily the most exciting signing when he came in and from memory he lost six games in a row near the end of last season as well so that didn't bode well either but what he's done this year I think is 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 fantastic and again he's done it with probably um I don't think probably I'd say definitely an even worse kind of transfer window than than Marseille had in the summer. Um, I was watching Roman Molina's latest um, video about Bordeaux this afternoon and they're in an absolute mess off the pitch. Um, the American investors have not got a clue what they're doing. The people they've brought in who are supposed football people don't know anything about football. They've done a sort of United thing where it's all done. Everything's been based on loans. So now the club is in massive, massive debt. Um, the the highlight or low light was apparently they, they brought in some English guy to, to um, scour the world getting amazing um, sponsorship. And he sort of came back triumphant saying he's got a fantastic sponsorship deal with, with some kind of alcoholic drink company. And they said, yeah, we, you, you can't have alcoholic sponsors in France. Yeah. So um, that, that's the kind of people they're dealing with. And so the for him fans to, are not happy. Let's no, that so way. for him to kind of be able to ignore all of that going on in the background and, you know, he knows what's going on by all accounts. He, he, the Koscielny signing pretty much stopped him from walking in the summer. And he's made comments already as well that, you know, in, in a rare bad run this season, the owners um, have kind of seen fit to try to make themselves look more popular amongst the fans to kind of publicly criticise Sosa, even though he's the one basically keeping them afloat at the moment. So, um, I mean, I think the fans probably appreciate what an amazing job he's doing. But with, again, like I said, a very, very limited squad. Um, I like the way that he, you know, he, he uses the width of the team really well. He's helping develop um, Josh Madger into, into a decent striker. He's, he's helping to Preville find the, the good form that we, that we know he's, he's got, but he's struggled to, to refine in the last couple of years. It's, I think it's, as I said, there's a lot of coaches doing very well in Liga, but arguably I think he's, you could say he's doing the most impressive job of the lot. Yeah. 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 Well said. And um, speaking of impressive jobs, uh, sort of, club I just want to give a little nod to uh, Phil and that's the, the job that uh, a certain David Guignot is doing at Brass. Um They won 3-1 against St Etienne. This was kind of I think seventh against eighth at the time of uh, mm. time of the game. Um, really good win. Oh, sorry eighth against ninth I should say. Really good win this for us. They're, they're undefeated in in five games. They they gave PSG a good run for the money um, at the at the Parc de France um, how long ago was that? Crikey, that's gone back a long time now, hasn't it? But a very unexpected result there. What what's kind of been impressing you about them? Is it, is it purely down to organisation, or are we not really giving the coach well, credit? I think a, a lot of it is down to organisation because if you look at their goals scored, it's horrendous. 
Um, this is the first time I think they've scored three in a match all season. Um, they got checks notes, 14 scored, so that's like joint second worst. But their defence is brilliant. Um, they've only uh, conceded nine, uh, which is the best in the league. And they're kind of, I think he's working with what he's got. And he's gone, okay, we're not going to be flash. Um, so we're going to be solid. And what happened against uh, Saint-Estienne, there were a lot of misses in that game. I I watched, um, I think I missed uh, the game, but obviously saw the highlights and there were, the woodwork played a big part. Um, but you look at that, they've conceded nine goals in 16 games. Mm. And that is low. It's, it's impressive. That's like really. them and PSG. Mm. That's it. And so that's, in a sense, we've seen this as a theme over the past couple of seasons. Like when Angers got their first, um, got their promotion season, they were up in the top six because they basically just didn't concede. And that's, it is maybe not the most, you know, mind-blowingly um, artistic football to watch, but... It's it's a credible approach to take. Mm. If you don't concede, then you're going to piss a lot of people off. And I think that's where they are right now. So they were higher up earlier in the season. Now they're in ninth, but they have shown, I think, particularly in this game, they show they can turn it on when they have to. Yeah, But they can still keep things together at the back because the Humuma goal was one of his specials. You know, it's yeah. not something you look at the goalkeeper and go, oh yeah, should have done better. No, it, that was very much a Humuma goal. It was, yeah, how did that happen? So I think they're, they're looking good to, to kind of go into the return half of the season, as it were. Um, because they are solid. And yeah. if they can just do a bit more of this that they did with scoring three goals, they're going to turn a lot of um, one points into three points. And yeah. that's obviously what they'll be wanting to do. So we have to see how they manage that balance. Yeah, I think that they did a similar thing last year. The first half of the season was mm -hmm. built on a on a strong defence, and then they sort of cut loose the second half. Um, the weird thing this year is that I think they they Boudin scored only his second goal of the of the season at the weekend. He's he's been completely off form. I don't know if he was unsettled by the the Fiorentina move that didn't happen in the summer. And then um, Zenili Zelini, I'm never really sure how to pronounce it, um, got a um, is still out from the the serious injury that he sustained. I think possibly at the end of last season. I can't remember. So um, I think he'll make a huge difference when he comes back. But yeah, in the meantime, they're, they're, they're doing a fantastic job defensively. And mm -hmm. hopefully if they can kind of 
replicate what they did last year and sort of you know secure themselves a, their place in Ligue 1 basically for for next season yeah. and then in the second half kind of relax and and yeah and that seemed to be it didn't it it was like okay we we're okay now guys uh go out there and enjoy you know, yourself yeah, yeah light I, it I up a bit one of the one of the many many things that annoy me about a lot of the the french media's coverage of their own league um particularly in the in the sort of in the face of the kind of rose tinted spectacles that they put on to talk about the premier league is that they always say that there's there's no decent french coaches which i just i think is a ridiculous thing and i think people like david guillon are not given anywhere near the credit they deserve and it's it's you know it's bringing through young players it's making better players out of experienced players and you look at the team now like you look for example at the center backs you've got um Hamid, who's a you know really experienced mm-hmm. player but i think playing the best he's played in his career you've got disazi yeah. who's doing a fantastic job up front with you know covering for Udang hasn't done much you've got um I think Dio scored five goals so far this season. So it's not even the, the same players necessarily as last year. So he's showing that he can do it with sort of two or three different, not teams, but, you know, a, a proper squad's worth of, of personnel. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and if you appreciate, you could say this for probably any any person sort of outside of the, the league or outside of looking into the league, but if you ask most people, to name all of the coaches in the Premier League, they could probably do it most in La Liga. Could they name the coach of Rouse? No. And that's a shame, I think, because, you know, when... Well, Dino, most of them can't say Rouse, so... Well, that's also true, yeah. yeah. Good old Reeves. Good, love, love Reeves. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, speaking of clubs, uh, I did want to give a, give a nod to Rouse. Speaking of which, actually, that win over PSG was back at the end of September. Where has this year gone? Absolutely nuts. Anyway, um, the other club I wanted to speak about was, uh, well, I say club, Sort of clubs, I should say, Toulouse and um, Strasbourg in this game <laughs> on on on, uh, on Saturday oh, night. Oh my word! Two No, because I watch the. We have the multiplex on French TV, which is all of the Saturday games simultaneously, and you can watch them individually if you want, or you can, as I do, watch the Chaos TV on one channel where there's just a bunch of blokes going goal at wherever um and yeah this was one where about half an hour in when uh Strasbourg were 2-1 up um against Toulouse uh TV described it as a situation open bar and I'm like yeah because the defending in this game is criminal. Non-existent. Um, if you just watch the highlights, it's it's hilarious. Uh, so it ended 4-2. And frankly, maybe two of the, those goals should have gone in if people were doing their actual jobs. But it was, it was great fun. And... I mean, this was a game where Strasbourg are fifteenth, Toulouse are dead last, because they are just bad everywhere. But managed to score two in this game because everything was chaos. So yeah, I think that was um, 
an interesting one, but uh, one where Strasbourg are going to take the points and not the goal difference, if you yeah. see what I mean. And when you're bottom of the league, if you go away from home and score twice, you kind of expect to get something. But when you can see four to a club that struggles to score goals, I mean, it, it speaks speaks volumes. Um, thoughts, mm-hmm. on, thoughts on this, Jez? I mean, are we... 11th of December, are we putting the nail in, in the, the Toulouse coffin? Uh, and are we saying that Strasbourg have got enough to keep their head above water? They're 15th now, three wins in the last five. Toulouse, I mean, they're, mm. they're, they're sinking without trace. They are still technically in touch, but straight defeat after straight defeat. Is it, is it time for either a change again? Or, uh, you know, is, is, is there any signs of life that you can give them for, for hope and staying up? I think I think Strasbourg will definitely be fine. I think they've got a really good team, and I don't know why they struggled so much. I can only assume it's something to do with the the distraction and the early start of the the Europa League, and it it often seems to take teams, especially the ones that have to go through a few playoff rounds, kind of a while to sort of recalibrate into the into the league season. Yeah. Um, they've got you know two or three very decent goal scorers, a really good goal scoring midfielder. Um, a couple of sort of revelations in 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 defence and defensive midfield, and then that's without even talking about Lala, who we've seen what he can do last year. He hasn't done it so much this year, but he hasn't really. Well, I was going to say he hasn't needed to. I guess actually he has needed to up till now. But you know, if if he can get back to anything like last year's form, then then that's going to be a big plus for them as well. So I think they'll be fine. For Toulouse, I'm not going to rule them out just because every year they seem to somehow scrape survival. Um, but I think I read today that Greydale is out for a couple of months, which yeah, although they've got, they've got a winter break, so it's probably very well timed. But I think we, we've sort of alluded several times to the fact that he, it feels like he's pretty much kept them up for the last couple of seasons, almost single-handedly. So I think that that's a huge loss for them. Um, and... I said it before, I, I, just, I kind of think if they do go down, it's not before time. But actually, you look at their starting eleven; it's not that bad at all either. Mm-hmm. Kulurius, I think, has done well since he's come in. Said comes up with goals. Um, Sangare hasn't you know, sort of plateaued from the, the great player that everyone thought he was going to be, but he's, you know, there's still a talent there. Um, Dosavi, I know from from Mess experience that that. He's a quality player. Um, you know that they they should be doing better than they are, and I think probably yep. bringing Combuare was, was, with hindsight, very very misguided. Um, but I just find them so disappointing as a club, anyway. That maybe um, a drop down to Ligue 2 could could do them some sort of medium or long term benefit, actually. Yeah, yeah dropping down. To because, I mean, they've conceded 35 goals so far. That's bad. But you actually look at the defenders listed, and they're not bad defenders. It's it's a very kind of confusing situation. So it could be that um, Kumbaru will be able to kind of shake some people by the shoulders and get them to um, cooperate a bit more. Mm. But if you, 
if you they take might, a, they might already be too far behind because we're not talking about you know who was it with the jumper and the and the speeches you know i can't see kumbari doing that to get them up well i think they're only they're only sort of three points off the playoff place yes. of survival but but um, but do you feel confident they could make well Kambuare, i think Kambuare has now lost 27 league and matches since the beginning of last season so yeah that was that, that's that's my point it's not that a good starting point is it? it's that's... it's a kind of fractured situation there's some yeah. good players in there he'd say oh if they were in this team it would be fine but the problem is they aren't they're all playing together and well, they're not good together and nobody seems to be able to take the reins my uh, thought was yeah. when when you take out Christoph Julien and uh, Issa Diop basically your two first choice centre-backs both of yep. which are impressing at their new clubs and Julian getting the winner for Celtic. I did raise a little smile when I saw that happen and, and Diop, by all accounts, West Ham not having a great season, but he's been one of the better performers since he's joined them. I think that's kind of, you're ripping the soul out of your defence straight away. Um, yep. It doesn't help. So, yeah, tough times ahead for... As we can see the, from their goals conceded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not just taking those defenders out, it's it's having to blood new ones and get them settled. It, it all takes time. Um, but speaking of unsettled, the, the final trip we're going to make as far as Liga goes before we talk a bit of uh, European action. Um, Jez, I just wanted to briefly talk about Nice. They won 4-1, obviously, against... Uh, your beloveds, but um, that's kind of not really the story because there's a there's a growing uncertainty about Patrick Vieira's future in terms of that the depending on which out, outlet you read, there's a lot of talk about about Arsenal having a two man shortlist of of he and Mikel Arteta. Um, I personally, obviously as an Arsenal fan, think it would be a really good move because I think Patrick Vieira is actually an extremely good coach and a very good man manager. I just don't think he's quite had all of the necessary tools at Nice. And not everyone agrees with that, but that's just how, how I've seen it. Um, what's your sort of thoughts on, on, on him as a manager and, and his potential future? And we should also give a, a quick doff of the cap to um, to uh, Paul Capietto, who was the, the famous, I've nicknamed the Shepherd, um, famous Nice fan who, who passed away at the weekend. That's quite a sad story. I just wanted to give a, a mention to that. But what do you, what do you make of, of the, the sort of the, discussions around Vieira, particularly about what's going on behind the scenes at Nice? I think, um, I mean, you look, if you look at the Nice's last week and it sort of says a lot about where they're at, kind of two very comprehensive, impressive wins, sandwiching an absolutely awful, yeah. <laughs> comprehensive defeat. Um, in terms of Vieira, I, in the summer, I probably would have said he looks you know, ready for that kind of move. This season has not gone anywhere near as well as last season so far. And I, just because I like him, because I like Arsenal, I'm not sure that I'd want that move to happen yet. I hope it does at some point, but I think he's still learning and possibly not quite ready to take that job yet. Um, I think, I agree. He's, I think he, he seems to come across as a very good man manager. He's got a lot of authority. I like the way that he's, he dealt with players like Balotelli and, and Sam Aksiman last year. Um, and I think that 
he is he's been working in very different difficult circumstances like last year he basically did not have an attack to speak of and to finish i think it was seventh um i think there were nine one nil wins um clearly showed that he can be a very good defensive coach the bizarre thing is that this year i think only maybe two or three teams have, have conceded more than these so far um and I, I think maybe it says a little bit about the fact that, for example, someone like Dante is showing his age. Um, Evel and, and Benitez haven't, haven't sort of uh, matched the form of last year. But um, I think it does also show that, that possibly he's still not really, I think he's still kind of second guessing himself. He seems to chop and change a lot. I, um, before this weekend, I think he'd played 14 different, not for, either formations or personnel in 16 league matches. Obviously, some of that is down to, to injuries and suspensions. I think they've had five sendings off this year. But um, it also suggests that he's not 100% sure what, what his best defence is. And that's not doing the team any favours. And I think you could probably sort of continue that, that that view sort of all the way down the team. You've got Unas who's in and out and moves around. You've got players like Budawi who is sometimes in the team, sometimes not, sometimes playing in his proper defensive midfield role, other times kind of popping up on the right wing. You've got Atal who's sometimes um, a fullback, sometimes a, a, a very forward winger. So, um, and also you have to say that Again, this year, he wasn't served brilliantly. Although they did make some very good signings, they literally made them in the last week of the summer. So he didn't have any kind of pre-season to work with them. So I do think there's mitigating circumstances, but I also think that he's showing his limitations somewhat this year. But, like I said, in the last two matches, two impressive wins. Um, they beat Rance a, a few weeks before that. So there's sort of green shoots of recovery, and I definitely do think there's the makings of a very good coach there. But... Just from an Arsenal point of view, I'm not sure it's the right time because the state that Arsenal were in. I mean, if, if he could get to last year's kind of defensive strength, that's obviously the thing that Arsenal have been missing for what, 15 years now or something. So, and the rest, in, yeah. yeah, so in that sense, that would be great. But um, because he's a club legend and I sort of wish him well, I'm not sure it would be the right job for him to take on now. And I'm not sure that he's ready i'm not sure arsenal should be looking to bring him in yet mm. yeah it'd be interesting yeah. to see what happens there any thoughts about them i think yeah you look at their uh, goals conceded is 27 as mm. just said there's only three teams worse than that so that's made a difference and while they look decent on the goal scored side that's because they won this game 4-1 and frankly they shouldn't have done um Close your ears, Jess. Um, the XG on this was 1.65 for Nice. They, as far as I could see, all of the three non-penalty goals came from outside the area. That shouldn't be happening. They were dealing with a poor defence. And credit to them, they took advantage of that. But that's not maybe uh, uh, an indicator of quality and efficiency. It's an indicator of 
taking your chances where you get them. Um, because uh, do you see the or even the Penenka penalty from Zipriel? Oh, it's hilarious. It's like people say, oh, what do you do when you put a penalty down the middle and the goalkeeper just stands there? Well, yes, that's one thing. But if the goalkeeper then just falls on his ass, mm-hmm. I, oh, that was that was quite an awkward moment. So I think this was a big scoreline, mm-hmm. which they deserved because, you know, you go out and you beat whatever's in front of you. But yeah. this is not necessarily something indicative of how they would perform against a team able to defend. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just want to quickly add that it was our <laughs> second choice goalkeeper because the yeah, great yes. brilliant Kamavinga knocked our first goalkeeper unconscious last week. <laughs> Right. Uh, and, it, and it should also be mentioned as well. We, we mentioned Yusuf Patel, who I believe has done his cruciate, is it? He's and uh, Habib Diallo jumped yeah. off as well. Do we know anything about that? Because frankly, he's Mets' only source of goals, basically. Yeah. Which is not ideal. Uh, um, but let's not depress Jez any further. So, no, I was asking for information then, not not. Oh, oh I see. Bitch. I, haven't, I actually haven't heard any more about that. I haven't. No, I'd, I'd heard it was an injury, but I haven't heard anything to say that he's out long term. So we can but cross the fingers on that one. Um, okay, good stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously watch that with, with close interest as to what Arsenal and indeed Patrick Vera may do. Um, but we're going to finish off this week's pod with just a quick look at, at Europe. Now, we, we did mention, obviously, Lille um, have gone out. Of the oh, actually, before we do that, sorry, you just reminded me there, Phil, with that little squeak. Um, yeah. there, there is a little bit of news about the Coupe de France, and yeah, just a little bit. Uh, we've got some pieces up on site from John Mainland and Manlin, the Cup Grounds, uh, who was at uh, one of the games of the weekend where he saw six goals. Happy days, and I think, had much more fun than the rest of us, um, but. We've lost another three League 2 teams in the eighth round, um, which were that uh, Orléans lost uh, 1-0 uh, to fourth-tier Rouen. Lens, you'll like this, Jess, lost 2-1 to fifth-tier yeah. Dieppe. It's, it's so confusing to do. Tragic, tragic. But the yeah, <laughs> that was tragic. But the key cup set, Auxerre losing two yeah. one to Ombogo of the eighth tier. Their goals from Hassan Baki and Khaled Benichon. It's almost have Sunday league. Auxerre yeah. out. And that is why we love the coup. Yeah. And so, yeah, the draw has happened now. Obviously, Foot National is the place to go for all of the news there. And that will be how we restart after the winter break. So, chaos, basically. Wonderful, wonderful, beautiful chaos. Absolutely. And I think this is brilliant that we've got a load of regional teams in there, uh, national teams in there. And so, the Ligue 1 teams are going to have to, you know, gird their loins because none of this is going to be easy. 
No, no, not at all. And chaos is it's quite a good way to, to um, slide into the European action. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, mention, as I say, you know, a, a, a dock of the captain Neil who do exit Europe at this stage, but I think in the long run it will probably serve them well, um, given the sort of squad they have and, and how many of those players are like to get picked off again. Uh, I think they'll be focusing on, on league action now um, with intent. So uh, a sort of a, a dock of the cap to them and also PSG who will be in action shortly are already qualified so we know that so the big tie of the of the night well, was Leon last night um very quickly one nil down to an Anthony Lopez rush of blood taking out um the uh the, the forwards for uh Leipzig um and I think it's Paulson to me it, it was a pen I think there's the argument of he's going away from goal but he clearly gets there first and, and Lopez rush one nil down, one nil quickly becomes two nil. Um, Forsberg opening scoring, Timo Werner getting second, and you're starting to think, where on earth did Leon go from here? Particularly given the fact it was nil nil in the other game, which of course they needed something from potentially. And then the second half happens. Hussein um, Awar yeah. with a, a, a stunning goal, really, really was stunning, and, and just showed glimpses of that talent that we know he has. Um, and then the main man, Captain Fantastic himself, uh, the, the banner smuggling. Uh, Memphis Depay, who uh, who popped up with the the fairly late leveller, and it sees Leon progress in second place. Um, real carnival atmosphere in in the in the stadium. Fantastic well, performance. Well, I mean, yeah, if you take away the um, in the, in some parts of the stadium, yes. I mean, yeah. I think it was a really. Look at it. You're 2-0 down at home at half-time. That stadium is not going to be very forgiving of that kind of thing. And they came back out and they did it. As you said, the hour goal was great. Memphis did his thing. And it did, at the final whistle, that did feel like a win. Mm. Um, getting a point back from that situation they've been at at a half time felt like a win and then things went a bit south in terms of um you know the ambiance and and everything but one thing i just to clarify what happened was at the final whistle some herbert got on the pitch with um uh, a banner saying Marcelo Digash like Marcelo get out picture of a donkey. with a picture of a donkey from Shrek and as soon as he saw this Memphis put in possibly his best run of the season to sprint over and just drag the thing out of the man's hands and a big fight kicked off in that point. We got Marcelo giving double uh, single fingers to the ultras, which, frankly, fine. Um, but what I've been seeing from a lot of Leon fans on Twitter is they've been a bit kind of ambivalent about Dubai being captain, whatever. He's a bit meh. But the fact is that he sprinted over and basically was about to lamp this guy before the stewards got to him they're like okay that 
that's good. That's what we want our captain to be doing if someone is being this much of a dick. Mm. So I think while, you know, the the fight back was great, the result it could have been better, but they're through. They fought back. They showed character. And also, even, they're going to get a massive fine, frankly, for, for this, because they're already on some kind of suspended sentence from previous shit. But the fact that Depay was right in there going to get this guy, the the whole team turned up and was, you know, dealing with the whole stromash. I think together actually this game is really good for Leon because it gets a bit of you know zest and um makes the fans feel a bit um a bit more confident about the commitment that the players have for the team mm, so i mean marcelo is obviously extremely pissed off at the moment and i think you probably understand that but you got memphis stepping in lopez stepping in danaya stepping in to try to stop memphis from punching various members of the ultras and i think a lot of the fans have are more critical of the herberts with the the banners than they are of the team which is a change and i think a welcome change from possibly the past couple of years so yeah it was a it wasn't a great game (laughs) frankly on a footballing point of view but the kind of the afterworks has maybe turned out in their favor bizarrely albeit they will have to pay a massive fine yeah i put i i put putting just putting the obviously what happened afterwards sort of not putting it aside because obviously we have mentioned it but just from a perspective of, of Leon and, and the game in itself that it, it did strike me as, as a real battling performance the sort of performance that that they can pull out and that's what makes it even more frustrating at their season so far is this um turning point for Rudy Garcia in terms of where he takes this team in terms of that togetherness or does that what went on afterwards sort of affect it in your eyes a little bit? Um, in terms of the, just the team, it's, it's hard to say. I don't know if turning point is the right, the right phrase because, again, it's similar to recent matches. They, they sort of didn't play particularly well and ground out a result. But grinding out that result from 2-0 down, and, and Leipzig are an informed team. I think they've won their last three in a row or five in a row I can't remember possibly five in a row in the Bundesliga so really good side yeah yeah um and you know well in the um the title race there Mm. um so however it happens and even though it's it's not very good that they fell 2-0 behind at home to two penalties as well to show the character to come back I think was 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 very good it was unleon like it was unawa like um (laughs) To, to actually turn up when the chips are really down. So I think that there's real positives to take from that. I'm not sure it's a turning point because it's sort of 
a little bit more of the same. And what you'd hope is a turning point where they, they just comfortably win a match through playing good football. That, that, would, be, that would be a change. Oh, that would be, that would be <laughs> wonderful, wouldn't it? And then, but I, I totally agree with, with Phil that the, the stuff that happened afterwards arguably could be sort of a more important thing in the sense that it's, you know, completely unsavoury and, and pretty disgusting. Of, of and the yeah, fan, nobody of the likes fan. to see that. But, um, <coughs> but yeah, well, um, that was sort of the, the most pleasant thing of the whole night was the way that Depay got stuck in and supported his teammate and I guess it kind of, I mean, in a way, acted like a captain as well. It shows that he is invested. It shows that, um, mm-hmm. you know, he is... Uh, a team man, a squad player, or whatever, and 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 I think that hopefully bodes well. I think already we we've seen a very different Depay this season. He 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 has been sort of turning up most weeks and and taking the team by the scruff of the scruff of the neck when when needed. And and um, this was sort of yeah, I guess more of the same, but in in a different way, not just with the footballing side, but actually showing a bit of um, a heart and showing that it that it really means something to him. So hopefully that is is kind of, in a way, more of a turning point. Is it Also, if it sort of galvanises all the fans who are a bit, you know, some are pro, some are against, in terms of the players and Garcia, if, even if it means all of them unifying against, you know, one or two dicks in the, in the, in the crowd, then, <laughs> um, then, you know, maybe that's a good thing for, for Lyon. Yeah, yeah. As Kieran Trippier misses a penalty. Oh, that's always good to see. Um, yeah, no, I, I do, I do agree. And, and you know, let's let's be honest here. I don't think any of us are, are going to put two quid or even twenty p on Leon to to win the Champions League or even go much beyond this stage. I think finishing second pretty much guarantees that they're likely to get a, a Real Madrid or not Real Madrid, a Barcelona, a Juventus, uh, a Man City. I think they, they're going to mm. get one of the big sides. Yeah, but, but it, now if if they have a decent tie at home against yeah. one of those guys yeah that's, that's... fine because we know i mean you saw how you know difficult they could be against their own team mm. when those fans get behind that team at home that is a scary stadium to go to mm. so if they pull off a, a result at home i'd say that would be you know a good a good experience for all. Yeah. Is that, I'm trying to remember what they did last year. I know they lost to Barcelona, but did they not have a decent first leg and then they just got messy? Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah they did because they yeah. went to the new camp needing it was it needing a draw, wasn't it? I think they they did they had some good chances as well, didn't they? And um, yeah. and I think did did they I don't think they went in front, but they they certainly were on top and then as you say they got messy, but there's no no shame in that. So yeah, so I, I, mean, I think that um uh I don't think they can expect to get any further than this stage unless they get, you know, really, really good draw. So I think like last year, the the pressure's off. So um, I'm not saying they will go any further, but I think they they sort of done what they, what they're expected to do Champions League wise. Mm. So now again, it's done what you have to do in the first half, take your foot off the gas, go for it. Yeah, everything from here is a bonus moving forward, isn't it? That, that's the way of looking at it. But yeah, but congratulations to, to OL. And, you know, from our perspective as a, a French football podcast, we'd like to see them go as far as possible. 
um, moving forward. So, so best of luck to them. And of course, PSG uh, as well. The draw, I think, is next Monday. So we'll get a good idea of who's going to be facing who then. Um, By the way, both um, in the Junior Champions League, or whatever it's called nowadays, um, Lyon and Lille both finished second in their group. So they both go to a playoff to see if they'll progress. Interesting. Okay, that's good for the, the yeah, I don't know what they do call it. Is it I think you're right, Youth Champions League or something or other. Some quite entertaining games that yeah. BT used to show them. I don't think they do anymore. But yeah, the, the young PSG side was quite fun to watch back in those days. But yeah, we'll um, we'll keep you in touch with, with progress moving forwards for those sides there. Um, just to sort of round off this week then, uh, we will just have a quick look at the fixtures ahead. This coming week, we've got two more rounds. Have we three more rounds? Sorry, before the break. Um, so this weekend, we've got uh, Lille Montpellier. No, two, two, thirteenth, fifteenth, yeah, eighteenth, oh, yeah, and nineteenth, and then 21st we, all, and... we all take three weeks off, and then it's the Coupe de France, and then whatever. Yeah, fifteenth yeah. for some reason, but yes. Uh, so Lille Montpellier is the Friday evening game, the thirteenth of December. Uh, we then got the aforementioned Metz-Marseille game at 4.30 on Saturday, followed by the Multiplot games at 7pm UK time on the Saturday, which is Nîmes against Nantes-Angers against Monaco, which might be quite a big one for the away side. Toulouse against Reims. Uh, Toulouse, well, goes without saying, have to be looking to win their home games. Amiens against Dijon and Brest against Nice. And then a the three pitches on Sunday, the 2pm game with Bordeaux, Strasbourg, which could or could not be entertaining, you just never know. Uh, Lyon against Rennes, which might be worth a watch at 4pm. And St Etienne PSG, I think which that's... Which I was hoping was going to be interesting, but now I'm not sure about uh, I think it will still be worth I, a watch. Yeah. goes out the window with all that jazz in that particular fixture. So I, Depends, I mean, PSG... Have I'm worried. Fairly, I'm worried for lines, the lovely right? Roman Hamuma. Yeah, I mean, if, I think if it was at, at the, the, the at the Parc de France, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, we'd be shocked. Yeah, but I think Sanessian at home, you know, you just never know. PSG have got a fairly decent side out, albeit with a few reserves tonight. They've rested a few, but yeah, I mean, we, we shall see what, what PSG turn up. You just never know, do you? But I think that's definitely the game of, of the weekend. Um, and, and Jez, are you hoping for anything from Marseille in the home game? <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> not expecting. Yeah, quite quietly, uh, but not optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I think anything other than a than a defeat there would be great, just to stop the um stop the run of Marseille. I think would be pretty good given the uh, situation for for Mets at the moment. But keep the faith, Jess. Keep the faith. I'm sure we will. Uh, I'm sure we will report on that next week. Um, right, I think we will leave it there for this week. Then, as I said, there are games going on at the moment. Like we said, PSG are already through so we'll quickly touch on that next week as well as all the weekend's action um as usual do get onto the website and have a look at those articles phil mentioned uh give us a shout if there's anything that you want us to ask just a reminder as well that given the fact we are going to be on winter break soon um, we will be looking for maybe some questions to answer when there's a, a quiet week or we can fit a pod in so if there are any questions that are our burning desire for you that you want to ask us um, about the, uh, the pod in general, about Liga or indeed Liga, then um, do give us a shout and we will do our best to answer them. Um, but for this week, it uh, just remains for me to thank Phil and Jez for joining me in the scene. So thank you to you both. Thank you. And uh, we will be back 
next week uh, as usual probably on Tuesday or the Wednesday uh, have a quick look at uh, our socials but we will be back at some point next week barring any problems and uh, we'll see if we can find Rich from down the back of the sofa as well but uh, until then um, have a good rest of your week enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon <laughs>